Hey, Corner Office listeners, you can find us on all streaming platforms such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to check out our Instagram at the Corner Office Pod. Now, enjoy this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Corner Office. It's good to be back here. I mean, um, Jack and I have a lot to talk about today. I mean, we got some good stuff coming for you. So as always, I'm Alex Penders. And I'm Jack Byrne, and today is July 25th, and the Boston Celtics have signed Jalen Brown to a record-setting $304 million contract over five years. And I'm just hoping to pick your brain about this move. You know, how does this set us up for success in the near future? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think that, I think that, um, you know, this was a move that the Celtics definitely had to make, even though I feel like I may be, I don't think I'm alone in this boat when I say this, but I do think that Jalen Brown did get a bit of an overpay. But first off, congratulations to Jalen Brown. I mean, getting paid this much money is, is life changing, you know, NBA players, they do make a lot. Um, but you know, a $304 million contract plus add-ons, is is a is a is a pretty healthy healthy amount to set your life up for for and your kids life up and your grandkids life up for for a very foreseeable amount of time so congratulations to him that being said i do think that this move puts the celtics in a much more win now mode which i think you saw them go to when they made that trade for Kristaps Porzingis which we talked about a little bit earlier in the season or earlier in the trade season um but you know, I, 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 I want to know from you more so than from me, um, as a, from the fan perspective, if you like the amount that we paid in order to get Jalen Brown. And going forward within the NBA, do you think we're going to see these types of contracts become more prominent? Because I personally don't feel that Jalen Brown right now is a top 10 player in the NBA. So I agree that he's not a top 10 player in the NBA right now. With that being said, I think that he has the potential to progress into that top 10 category, especially as some of these guys that we see now start to age out. Um, My thoughts on the amount of money that it is. Every year across sports, we see a new record-setting contract be drawn up. And I honestly think that getting him at $304 million five years from now is going to seem like a steal because the market will have ever increased by then as well. So I think that every year people get shocked when they see how much money goes into these contracts. But then the next season, the same exact thing happens. And it just increases by another, whatever, 20 to $30 million. And a new player gets a record-setting contract. So to be honest, I don't... As of right now, I think it's going to be an overpay. But in five years looking back on this, when the contract's over, I think we're going to realize that it's actually a fairly solid deal compared to what other players will be getting by then because I mean think about it Jalen Brown is getting 50 million dollars more than LaMelo Ball do you think that he's worth that you think he's worth 50 million dollars more than LaMelo Ball surely absolutely I absolutely do same with Tyrese Halliburton do you think he's worth 50 million dollars more than Tyrese Halliburton um I think there's more of an argument to say that Tyrese Halliburton can develop but I'd say that that's probably accurate. So then it's really 
comparatively to the rest of the market, it's not that drastic of an overpay. But obviously, people look at that number and they say, whoa, that's an incredible amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, it's an absurd amount of money. And I do think that the market is going to ever expand, which is something that you touched upon and um, I definitely agree with. I'm just saying that that number really jumps off the page for somebody who I really don't feel like has had anywhere near an MVP level season. He's never been the best player on the Celtics team in my on a Celtics team in my opinion. But if so Jason like, Tatum wasn't there, would he be the best player on the team? No, for sure. Yeah. So but so Jason Tatum is there. Right, but that's because he's in a special incredibly special circumstance. If Damian Lillard was on the Celtics, then Jason Tatum would also never be the best player on the team. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's like true. He, like that argument would be more fair if he was in a different circumstance. But since he's on the Boston Celtics and is paired with one of the top five players in the league, you can't make that argument. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I I just $300 million for a basketball player is something that we have never seen before. And the fact that it's going to Jalen Brown, someone who has not proven himself to be a consistent all-star caliber player throughout his career – Right, he has not been an All Star every single season that he's been in the league. He's been an All Star once upon a time, right? He's been an All Star every other season, and he's been a fringe guy for that amount of time. And that's because he plays in a position that is loaded within the NBA. But that being said, he is now the highest paid player in NBA history. Yes, but if Luka Doncic was in a contract year, or if I don't know, name your name your top 15 players. I, I they think were that they would deserve year? that type of money. Would they not deserve that type of money? If okay, Luka so Doncic name was someone, in Name someone year? in the NBA who you think is on a close level to Jalen Brown. A close level to Jalen Brown. Um, I would say Chris Middleton. Okay, so if Chris Middleton was in a con- contract year, I bet you the Milwaukee Bucks would be paying just as much money. And if they weren't, which... I mean, you can't really make the same argument with Chris Middleton because he's never on the floor. But yeah. if Chris Middleton played damn near 82 games a year like Jalen Brown does, I bet you Milwaukee would be backing up the truck to keep him in town as well. Okay. And that's what I'm saying. Okay. Like, like, if a top 10 or a top 5 player was in a contract year, this number would be even bigger. But since it's a weak free agent class and a weak extension class, the number... At three hundred four million, is actually mild compared to what, like, a Luka Doncic would get, or honestly, what we may be seeing the Celtics pay Jason Tatum when he's eligible for an extension next summer. So, I understand what you're saying, and it is definitely a valid point that three hundred four million is a lot of money. But I think that if we saw more players of his caliber in a free agent class, that we would seeing be seeing this more and more frequently. Yeah, I. Yeah, that's that's probably a good point to make, um, and I I don't I don't want to get away from the from the fact that the free agency market is changing because it is, and we see that every other year, and we see that with the bigger contracts that come in every season, and the fact that people get paid more and more and more within the league, and I think that's a good thing, you know I think that I think that for the amount of revenue that the NBA brings in, the amount that the players can make is good. Right, I think that's a good thing. Um, even though they do get paid, you know, an obscene amount of money, especially within within this um, predicament. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just I look at it 
I look at it from a Celtics perspective and I go, you're committing to Jalen Brown long-term for the time being, right? On paper, you're committing to him long-term, but to me, this screams that if we don't win a, win a ring in the next season or the next two seasons as a Celtics fan, I'm like, Jalen Brown's going to look to opt out, or not opt out, he's going to look for trades, right? Right, but at that time, our team will be looking entirely different. I agree, but you, you've now paid him like he's a first option. You think that he'll ask for a trade from the team that drafted him and paid him $305 million? I, don't. I do, I do. I, I don't. think that there is a seed of doubt in his mind that he will ever be the f- number one option on this team, and I think that he thinks that he can be on a different team, which he, I, I think, agree with. But he he won't be. If he, if he wanted to leave because he thought that he wasn't going to be the number one option on this team, he would have left five years ago because he's been the n- clear number two option for five years. And it's been obvious that he could be a number one option on a different team, but do you think that he would rather be a number one option on a bottom 10 team in the league than be the number two on a top five team getting paid $80 million a year? I don't. Well, he's get, he's not getting paid $80 million a year, but yeah. Four divided. Okay. I mean, it's, it's pretty close. It's fit. It's 60 million. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's an okay, obscene sorry, amount. 60 million. It's an obscene amount of money. That is my point is it is so much money. Right. All right. Moving on. We're going to stay in the basketball world. Um, Bronny James suffered cardiac arrest. I be- it was last night, I believe, while playing pickup basketball. Yeah. Or in a, um, in a USC practice. And, I mean, first reaction coming from you, what what were you thinking when you saw it? And, yeah, I mean, just run me through that. Well, when I saw the news, I was, I was, um, you know, I think I was like a lot of people where I, we, you're unsure how to react to it, right? Because you see an athlete that has the talent and um, the off-court presence and is the son of, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player of all time, go down with such in, a serious injury, um, right? Like, and, and, and it's kind of shocking because you see that and you go, oh, that could happen to an athlete like me. Or that could happen to a regular person, right? Someone who's just, who's just a kid or just isn't, isn't on the athletic level that Bronny James is, right? Um, and it's, it's scary. It really is. It's scary to think about the fact that we have supreme level athletes within our society who, you know, suffer from the same ailments as a, as a normal human being would. And for, for, um, you know, for the universe sake, I feel like we have to say, you know, prayers up to Bronny James. I mean, we hope for a swift recovery and for him to actually be able to suit up in a USC jersey this year and be able to see him showcase his talents at the college level and hopefully one day in the NBA level. But first thing, first and foremost is just, you know, get healthy. I think it said that he was in stable condition right now, which is also a very good thing. But um, it's definitely a scary thing to see when you see an athlete like that go down. Yeah, and I mean, the first thing that I thought of, I, I wasn't really thinking about, you know, could that happen to me? I was, I was more thinking about, Br- Bronny's a guy who has had heavy expectations placed on him For since sure. essentially sure, yeah. the day he was born. And so even before this happened, people were like expecting him to be a starter on USC, which probably wasn't going to be the case, and, you know, drop 25 a game, which probably wasn't going to be the case. And 
So just to have these expectations and to to let these people down without having any control over what happened to your body, I, I, I do feel for him in that sense. And in another sense, like when I first saw that headline, I mean, all that's happened in the last eight months regarding, you know, like the DeMar Hamlin situation and how he essentially died on the field. Like, yep, certainly. I'm, I'm hoping that he'll be able to just get out there and play again because Correct. personally, I'm excited to seeing the way that he's going to steer his career. And, you know, now this now this puts it at risk and. You know, a guy that I think of is um, – who was on Kansas State this year? Keontae, Keontae Johnson? Keontae Johnson, yep. Keontae, Keontae Johnson, Johnson collapsing that's the, on the floor at Collapsed yeah. on the floor while playing for the Florida Gators in a very similar situation. Um, had a long road of recovery before he could be back at that top level. And, you know, I'm hoping that it's a swift process for Bronny, but he's out of ICU and he's in stable condition. So, I mean, things look good for him. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it's it's definitely scary. I don't know anything about the recovery process for that or how long that's um you know how long that takes, right? To I be mean, able to recover it's something whatever you can't really play about. with. It what? It's something you can't really no mess around not. with. You can't play. Um, yeah, you, you have to take your time with it. it. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's an unfortunate setback. I think is the right way to describe it. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Very much so. And um, you know. So prayers up to him. Um, hope for a swift recovery there, and we hope to see him in USC red and gold this upcoming season. Indeed. So before before we get to our games that we have planned for today, um, I think it would be wrong of us to not touch on the Women's World Cup taking place in New Zealand mm. right now. You and I were together yep. this weekend in person and got to watch the USA's first game against Vietnam. Yep, where they very looked, dominant victory. Where they looked very dominant, had close to 80% possession, um, and won in a convincing 3-0 fashion that felt like a 10-0 scrubbing. So, I mean, yeah, let me know, like, you know, what you're interested to see and where you think this team's going to go. Look, I'm very excited. I mean, um, the World Cup is always a great thing to get to watch. It's It's always a great experience to see, you know, the country come together and support a team, and I'm very much looking forward to it, especially because this women's national team is historically very good, right? Like, the men's U.S. national team has never really held its weight, I would say. I feel like we've always underperformed when it comes to our expectations, and that's never really been the case with this women's national team. How many World Cups have they won? Three? Four? Do you have any idea? I think it's four or five. Okay, four or five, yeah, so... Either way, a lot of success from this team. And, um, you know, you have people in their final year with the national team, in their final year of, of um, international soccer, like Megan Rampino, who's a legend of the game. And, um, you know, it's just it's a, it's a culmination of, of years of hard work and dedication for these women. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that I always look forward to watching. I know that my grandmother is actually in New Zealand right now watching a bunch of the games and, you know, I, I wish I could be there with her to, um, you know, to experience it. Um, but that best of luck to them. And, um, you know, I hope that they bring another World Cup home to the U.S. Yeah, you know, I feel the same way. They have a lot of interesting young players on the team who, you know, command the midfield and 
I mean, we didn't see them along the best competition in the last game, but I mean, they they were solidly handling their competition in Vietnam, which I'm sure will happen throughout for Vietnam. But the thing that I'm looking at the most with the Women's World Cup right now is the loaded uh, Group E, which contains the United States, Vietnam, Portugal, and the Netherlands. And, mm. I mean, if you're a soccer fan at all, you know that Portugal and the Netherlands always mean business when it comes to international football. And I know that the Netherlands have stars like Leek Mertens, who plays for the PSG women's team and mm. won three or four um, women's UEFA Champions Leagues with Barcelona. So yep. the Netherlands mean business when it comes down to international play, and Portugal always you know, brings their A game. The United States have always in the past relied on their star players like Alex Morgan and, you know, Megan Rapinoe's aging isn't really in the starting 11 anymore. And, yep. you know, like Christian Press isn't playing and uh, like a bunch of, like Hope Solo's no longer in net. So that that generation of women's soccer is kind of on the way out it's and, coming is, to an end, you know, yeah. one foot out the door. And this next generation, you know, I think that people are expecting us to run it back and to handily win this one. But this is a young generation of women on this team, and they've got a tough road ahead of them. France is always tough. England will be tough. Um, Brazil's always good. Brazil's always good. Brazil has a woman on their team who's playing in her, like, ninth World Cup or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. they a have a tougher road. across the board. They have a tougher road for them this year than they have in past years, certainly the last two World Cups, and I'm excited to see how they handle it. Me too. Me too. All right, with that being said, we are going to transition now to our first game. This episode is brought to you by Romeo's Sports Bar and Grill. Conveniently located in Scarborough, Yarmouth, and Topsom, Romeo's Bar and Grill has been a great atmosphere for food, drinks, sports, and family fun since 1989. I've spent many hours inside of Romeo's, and it is my go-to place whenever I need somewhere to watch the big game. My personal favorite item on the menu is the chicken parmesan pizza, but there are plenty of other options like burgers, wings, and appetizers galore. If you are looking for a spot to bring the family, or just a place to relax and enjoy some food, give Romeo's a try. Now back to the action. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So today we're going to switch it up from our normal draft format. I've got a bit of a different game. I've been seeing it all over the internet. We've got a 5x5 a five five grid of 10 randomly selected NBA teams. And you're going to have to tell me players that played for both of them. So on the top row, we've got from left to right. And we're going to put this up in our Instagram post so that um, when you're following along with the episode, you'll be able to look at that in case you're a little confused because, you know, not being, you know, visual does hurt us a little bit. But on the top row is from left to right, the Chicago Bulls, the Miami Heat, the Toronto Raptors, the Pistons, and the Utah Jazz. And from top to bottom on the right side is the Indiana Pacers, the New York Knicks, the Denver Nuggets, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Houston Rockets. And Alex, you are going to have three minutes to name as many players that have played for both of those teams as possible. Ready yep. to play? 
Yeah, I'll give it my I'll give it my best shot. I did get a little bit of a preview of this um of this list before we we started this game. And uh let me tell you something. This is not an easy group to follow along with. So if anybody uh on our Instagram or anybody else can do better than me in these 3 minutes that we go over this, more power to you. Congratulations because um I'm I think I'm going to really struggle with this one. And it is a tough batch, but I'm going to start you off. I'm going to I'm going to be keeping score over here. Yeah, that's fine. Um I'm going to start you off in 3 2 1 go. Okay. Also, uh, please first one. please tell me the teams that you're selecting. Yeah, fine. Uh first one Rockets Bulls uh Scotty Pippen. Okay. Are you writing right. these down or are you just keeping yep. score? I'm just keeping score. Okay, cool. That's fine. Um and they can play for more than the two teams that have been listed, right? That's correct. Okay. So Nuggets Pistons Ish Smith thought you were going to go Allen Iverson. Okay. Nope, nope, nope. We're going deep cuts here. Um, I don't know if you're going to count this one, so I'm going to skip it for now, I guess. I got to think. Oh, uh, Rockets, Knicks, Jeremy Lin. Correct. Okay. Um, Tracy McGrady as well. Yep, yep. Uh, see, I'm skipping all the all the good players, I guess. I'm, I'm really giving myself a, a harder time than I need to. Knicks Pistons. It's an interesting one. Allen Houston. I believe that Allen Houston played for both. I'm gonna tell you to continue, and if it's, I'm gonna fact check, and if it's wrong, I'll let you know. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um. How much? What's my time at? A uh, minute and a half. I got a minute. Okay. Um. Raptors Rockets. Danny Green. Uh, that's correct. Okay. Oh, Utah Pacers. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. Correct. Cool. Allen Houston, also correct. Okay. Okay. I'm taking that one to the bank. Nuggets Heat, Chris Anderson. Correct. The Birdman. Okay. We're doing better than I was expecting to. I won't even lie to you. Um did Vooch play for 76ers Bulls Nikola Vucevic? Okay, Danny Green did not play on the Rockets. That pick was incorrect. Oh, he got waived before he played there. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. Um check check the other one though. Vucevic is correct. Okay. That's a good point. Oh, Pistons Sixers. How much time? 40 seconds. 40 seconds. Throwback for Pistons Sixers, um, Daryl Dawkins. I'm going to have to check that one, but I'm going to write it yep, down as correct. Go ahead. Okay. Dude, Danny Green getting waved by the Rockets really, really makes me angry. I won't even lie. Um, okay, I got to think about Heat. Heat 76ers. That's probably a good one. Heat 76ers. Daryl Dawkins oh, is Oh, Jimmy correct. Butler. Jimmy Butler. Heat correct. 76ers. Jimmy Butler. Um... 10 seconds. Two, one. Rockets, Raptors. Yeah. And your time is up. Okay. Okay. Two of them I, I I, gave to you without even realizing that I gave to you, and you completely missed an opportunity for two free points. Really? Um, 76ers, Pistons, Allen Iverson. Yep. Um, Rockets, Raptors, you guessed Danny Green, Tracy McGrady played for both of those teams as well. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. So your final score, better, honestly, better than I thought you were going to do. You ended with nine. Okay, I'll take nine. Given those teams, I'm, I'm going to take that to the bank. That and was I pretty solid. harder for myself, too, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, you did. So, I would have liked you know, to have seen you touch double. I really would have been impressed if you could have touched double digits. Yeah. Yeah, I was close. I was one away. I was one away. Indeed you were. Okay, there we go. That's that's my that's my run at the grid. Um, you know, I hope that you guys go check out the Instagram and try and play along with me. Um, but don't listen to my answers. Try and do it by yourself. Um, and make it easier for yourself. You know, don't don't guess Ish Smith for the Nuggets and the Pistons. All right, and then we're gonna be coming at you with Alex's game that he's come up for me. Ah, uh, yes. So I have made my own little grid of doom here. I have a 3x3 a three three grid of a couple of, of, of things that will also be going on to the Instagram. Um, it's not about specific NBA teams this time. It's more so about, you know, specific things that happened, right? So for the vertical portion, again, you can see this in our Instagram when, when you go check that out, is the I have the 2011 draft the 2009 draft in section two and the, and Boston Celtics in section three. And then going vertically for section one, I have has their own shoe for section two. I have one rookie of the year. And for section three, I have average 25 point plus points per game in one season. They don't have to do it for all seasons. They could do it for more than one season. That doesn't really matter. So Jack has to fill out my three by three grid for each of those things. And how much you time said do I you, have? Oh, you. Oh, yeah. Good time. Mm. Timer, timer. I think I timer, can clear timer. it if you give me enough time. Okay, I'll give you. You gave me three minutes. I'm gonna give you the same amount of time. Do you think that's enough? I think it's too much because I gave you I a significantly larger grid. Um, how about two minutes? Two minutes. Okay, I'm gonna give you two minutes and thirty seconds. And you know, I briefly glanced at this earlier, so I've had some time to think. Uh, same as you, but uh, if if I have one of these draft classes wrong, I'm going to be significantly in hot water. That's fine. Um, make sure that you call out each of the sections that you're doing when you do it, too. Yep, same we'll way that I did. Okay, ready? Yep. Set. Go. Okay, so the 2011 draft, I believe, was Kyrie Irving, number one overall pick. I'm going to take yep. him for Has Shoe. Uh huh. Um, the 2009 draft, uh, Blake Griffin, first overall pick. I'm gonna say that he won the Rookie of the Year. I th- wrong draft. You're a year off. Are you sure? 2009. Yeah, 2000. 2009 would be the 2010 Rookie of the Year. But the class that was drafted in 2009. Correct. The class that was drafted in 2009 did not have Blake Griffin in it. It also didn't have Steph Curry? It did have Steph Curry. Okay, that's the same draft class. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, well then yes. You got both of those right. Okay, Steph Curry um, has his own shoe. Rookie of the year, Blake Griffin. Average 25 plus in a season, Stephen Curry. All for 2009. Clear Clear that. 2011 draft rookie of the year, also Kyrie Irving. Yep. Average 25 plus, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Okay. I would like to, for you to get some some verity in this last one here. Boston Celtics has shoe Jason Tatum. Yep. One rookie of the year, Larry Bird. Correct. Average twenty five plus in a season. 
Let me see if I can get an unorthodox one here. Check if Antoine Walker averaged 25 plus. Okay. And if not, I know that Larry Bird and Jason Tatum and Paul Pierce and probably Kevin Garnett all have. I'm checking that right now. I'm going to pause your time right here because you, you set it out. Um, Antoine Walker's best season in Boston, he averaged 23 points a game. 23. All right, so I'm a little bit off, but... There you go. Either way, um, you, you got that one right. Names, so. After, yeah, after right, giving the 2009 NBA draft class took place on Thursday, June 25th, 2009. First overall pick, Blake Griffin. There you James go. Harden was also in there. DeRozan was mm-hmm. in there. Um, Jeff Teague, Drew Holiday. Yep. All great yep. players. Loaded draft class. Yeah. So initially when I when I had this written out, um, my answers for them were a little bit more, you know Tyreek Evans. A little bit more Ricky varied. Rubio. Tyreek Evans. Brandon Jennings. This is a loaded Ty- draft class. So you got you got the Blake Griffin pick right by saying that he won rookie of the year, but he actually won it the year after because he was injured for the whole season. The rookie of the year that year was Tyreek Evans. Right, because he took over in Sacramento right when he got there. Correct, correct. So that's that's where you, I think you and I got a little bit mixed up there. Um, but for what I had on my list before before we move on, um, for the 2011 draft class for Has Their Own Shoe, I put down Kawhi Leonard. For the 2011 draft class, for one rookie of the year, I put down Kyrie Irving. For the 2011 draft class, who averaged 25-plus points per game in a single season, I had Kemba Walker at 25.6 points per game in the 2018-2019 season. I didn't realize he, he never averaged 25 again. Yep, he never averaged that many again. He also Let played, I think, all 82 class. games. Uh, that's the one. 2011 has Clay Thompson in it, too. Right. For the 2009 draft in, class. Jimmy Butler yep. was in 2011? Yes, he was. For the 2009 draft class, I had James Harden for Has Their Own Shoe, Tyreek Evans for One Rookie of the Year, and Steph Curry for Average 25-plus points per game at 32.0 points per game in the 2020-2021 to season. And then finally, for the Boston Celtics for Has Their Own Shoe, I also had Jason Tatum. For One Rookie of the Year, I also had Larry Bird. And then for average 25-plus points per game, I had John Havlicek at 28.9 points per game. I didn't realize he averaged that many. I was going to yeah, – I had 70, I had 70 71. 7, 71. But wow. way to go either way. You cleared the board exactly how I, how I laid it out. So, I mean, you reused a couple of names in there, which is, which is okay. I mean, I didn't say that you couldn't do that. Um, but I just wanted to show our listeners out there that we do have a little bit more ball knowledge than just saying Kyrie Irving four times in a row. <laughs> so Celtics that have won Rookie of the Year, Tommy Heinsohn, 56-57, Dave Cowan, yep. 70-71, Larry Bird, 79-80. And then let's look at Celtics to have averaged 25-plus. There's a bunch of them. It's like Sam Jones, John Havlicek, Larry Bird, Jason Tatum, Paul Pierce. There's a lot. There's a lot of Celtics who average 25-plus points a game. Yeah, I'm sure. Sam Jones, did you say that? <laughs> I did, yeah, I said Sam, Sam Jones. Sam Jones yeah. is a random one. Um, 
Yeah, Havlicek, Bird, McHale did it. Uh, Pierce did it. Isaiah Thomas would have been a good pull. He averaged 29. Oh, yeah, 16, that would have been 17. a good pull. I wish I came up with that. Um, yeah, Tatum's the only one to have averaged 30. Yes, that's true. It's All true. Right, well, that'll wrap up. I mean, I believe that'll wrap up the episode for the day. As always, thank you for listening. And I'm Jack Burn. And I'm Alex Penders. Corner three. Corner three.